guzzling water right now. Hello. Hey, Josh. Oh, that was such a hydrated hey, Josh. Hello. How are you, Jordan? Well, I'm good. You just caught me mid-mouthful of chocolate-covered almonds. Oh. And I literally said, press record. And you said, how about you finish chewing? Stop eating and get some manners. Yeah. I mean, listen, we are a bit of an ASMR channel, but I will not tolerate chewing on the microphone. I think that's the bare minimum requirement, really. I think it's the only requirement that we have. How are you doing since I last chatted with you, though? It's (laughs) another day in the workroom. Another day in the workroom. And I'm feeling excited about the runway theme this week. I'm excited about it, too. For those who are unaware, um, one of the people that you're listening to right now has a birthday coming up. And it's not yours truly. Who's this up? It's your birthday coming up. So happy early birthday. Oh my God. um, Do you want to talk a little bit about the runway theme? (laughs) I did not segue this purpose on purpose. And I know our friends listening will be like, he won't stop. Um, Sure. I would love to. I have decided to torture my friends this year. And I did a themed birthday because everyone hates a theme. I Mm-mm. love a theme that's a lie i love a theme i know i think most people actually do love a theme but i yeah. think when the challenge presents itself it's a little like <laughs> just like the drag race girls being like i don't know how to sew i did yeah. not prepare for this yeah so i'm making everyone dress in a runway it's like runway in a 90s eleganza kind of like aesthetic runway-ish iconic 90s vibes it's all about the the vibes it's all about vibes it's either you get the vibes or you don't get the vibes and if you don't get the vibes you're not coming if you get it you get it if you don't you don't (laughs) you don't leave i should literally be at the door being like five out of ten yeah come in (laughs) we need like a michelle visage style like (laughs) up down critique period when i sent you the invitation did you say how do I stop being friends with them immediately? I, I debated it in several. I, I mm. went over certain. How do I tell him that I can only go full costume? And I'm I'm a comedy queen. And so whatever I wear is probably <laughs> going to register less fashion-y and more ha-ha. Not ha-ha. <laughs> but I'm trying my best. So we're going to see what happens. It's going to be good. I'm really excited. And mm-hmm. I think, you know... To quote the world, after spending a year and a half in track pants, yeah. it's nice for my like for my my outfit to put on leather pants. Yeah, for once, I think, I think that's very true. How has your thirtieth year overall been, though? As we are in the final, the final days, you know, it's been tough. Yeah, I did not love my thirties, but I don't want that to come off like. I love how you said you didn't love your 30s and really it's been oh. a year. Yeah. I didn't love my 30s. Maybe 40s. You know, I did not love my 30th year. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's the everything of it all kind of just played a factor in that. But I'm actually weirdly very optimistic about my 31st year. I love that. Yeah. I love that too. And I think like um I'm not an optimistic person, but I think I just like, I don't know. It was a really overall like tough year, but I'm looking forward to what's coming. But also I think I'm more settled in being in my thirties now. And I'm not as like, we've talked about this before because I was very like, oh my God, everything's closed. We can't do all the stuff we were accustomed to doing, which was just a part of our lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. But like now that we're slowly ish, doing fragments of it I feel a lot more calm yeah and I'm not a calm person so that's weird we're micro dosing life uh what what it used to look like mm-hmm. uh, you know I think we're trying and we'll get to this in a bit but we've been to the th- movies the we theater a f- yeah several times now uh, the movies d- are sick of us at this point they don't want us there anymore because we've been I mean I mean three times. I mean um how are you doing i'm doing okay i really it's been a very unremarkable couple of days in my apartment just in that nothing really has happened in particular i'm looking around and not loving it but i'm not hating it either 
And I think that that's all I can ask for. After coming out of like a, maybe a stressful summer, I'm okay with maybe like a more mellow start to my fall. But are you like me too, where it's like when you don't have something, if you're not operating at like 150% in terms of like anxiety, mm-hmm. when you're actually calm, are you like, oh, this is, this is how I die? I don't like being too bored or like mm. without a task to do, but I also oh, I love, not I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I love a good quiet, like oh, time to breathe moment as much as anybody else. But if it's like too much of the quiet, that's when I start to go a little all work and no play, make Josh a, whatever the thing is from The Shining. But then I also don't really love having too much work either. Like the minute I get remotely busy is when I'm like, am I going to just start melting down? Maybe. Yeah. And I don't think there is a, uh, a proper balance to that, or at least internally for us, I am the same where if I'm very overwhelmed, you know, as we both discussed probably two weeks ago on this podcast, you know, I'm overwhelmed, but if I'm calm, mama, I'm out like a light. (laughs) Yeah. And here we are. Here we are. Um, where do we even begin this week? Because I think that you and I were coming into this week and I was going to text out a theme or whatever, but then then we saw something this week that I think we're both very excited to talk about. And when I saw it, I was like, I think this is kind of the theme. Yes, I agree. So I do want to start this off with saying that we don't have... I mean, we'll probably end the podcast just going over the usual stuff we go over, like Mm -hmm. the housewives and everything else, just like bits and bobs that we've watched. But um, I think we want to get out of the gate a movie that we both saw together with some friends on Sunday, which was Malignant. And I should say, maybe I want to talk full spoilers ahead. So again, same. if you've not seen it, turn this off. And go to the theater and get yourself a nice popcorn or a hot dog, like some of us did, and enjoy this piece of cinema because really it is a movie that I think deserves to be talked about in full spoilerish glory. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad I didn't even have to text you my thoughts because I was thinking about it yesterday and I was like, well, do we do a spoiler-free version? But then you actually can't talk about mm-hmm. the movie without it. No. Spoiling it. Yeah. So this is your official warning. I would probably skip ahead. I'm going to say 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just check back in in 15 minutes. And if we're still talking about it, wait another five and then just keep checking in every five minutes, I think. (laughs) So I sent again, spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. We're starting now. Mm -hmm. I sent the group a text being like, hey, (laughs) y'all. Everyone is talking about this movie, Malignant, that honest to God, prior to the social response, I did not know. I hadn't seen a trailer. Mm-hmm. I seen the poster when we went to go see Candyman and we were talking about it as we walked past it because mm-hmm. uh, of the meme of the title of the movie sounding like Jesse from it, Little it, Mix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's how our brains work. So then I was like, it's like, the reviews are pretty good, but it's more like the people that we follow on social being yeah. like, you have to see this, mute, mute the title on Twitter, go in blind. Mm-hmm. What did you expect going into this fucking movie? I mean, I remember I had watched the trailer because I was interested to see what it was going to be because I knew that James Wan was doing uh, like an original thriller horror that wasn't related to like the conjuring universe or it wasn't like a sequel or a prequel or anything it was just like an original idea so I was kind of excited about that in the summer when I was reading up on it and then the trailer came out and I watched the trailer and I wasn't that like invested afterwards because I don't think ultimately having seen the film now I don't know if the studio even knew how to promote what this movie was because there's just no way that anyone wins in the end, but yeah, seeing like the social reaction and everything, that's what kind of start started piquing my interest a little bit more. And now having watched it, I fully, I fully get what everyone was saying. 
Yeah, I had actually finally watched the trailer the night before Mm -hmm. in hopes of convincing uh, the person that I live with to come with us as well because he never joins us in horror movies. And I was like, some would say he came against his will. I don't agree with that statement. I think he came with his heart because he loves me and us. And (laughs) I also was just like, just, it's fun. It's not really scary there's no jump scares really mm-hmm. so we watched the trailer and i was like oh i don't like this trailer mm-hmm. <laughs> and then sorry oh no keep going keep going and then we sat in the theater and honest to god within the first 10 minutes i was like this is gonna be <laughs> the dumbest thing i've ever seen in my life and yeah. i'm already obsessed yeah it's like I think the number one word that I would use to describe malignant is stupid. And I say that yeah. fully thinking it's probably my favorite movie that I've seen all year. Yep. And it will likely be a movie that I think about and watch for years to come fully. Because like, it's stupid. We have fully changed any group chat. We both belong in mm-hmm. to the name of something referencing the movie. Yep. And I think I completely agree with you. It's my favorite thing I've also seen this year. It It's not the best, obviously, and nor should it be. But I think, like you're saying, it's so dumb, but yeah. in the brightest of ways. And I think I watched it with the lens that everything that is happening is on purpose, either tonally, yeah. cons- construction of the narrative, the twists everything that happens that's dumb is supposed to be dumb that's what i am also kind of uh trying to really hammer home to myself because i really you can't watch this movie and hear the dialogue that is written for these actors and think that it was meant to be taken seriously yeah because this script is it's like it almost sounds amateur or like um like college filmmakers first attempt at making a horror movie but is actually really bad at it i don't and i'm saying all this again is a glowing review for me but all that just sounds so weird and strange and awful but it works because it's so balls to the wall entertaining yeah and i saw a tweet the other night that was like it's the combination of the really bad scripting on, again, I'm going to say it's all on purpose, with the really good James Wan filmmaking. Yeah. Because there's some di- direction moments and cinematography moments in the first hour that's like, oh, okay, we're getting mm-hmm. like the conjuring, like camera panning. We're getting She's running of- around that house and there's that POV from above, yep. and it's like a little model house. So good. Plus- classic James Wan and we're getting atmospheric like night scenes and fog and I'm like I'm living I'm in we're Mm -hmm. setting the scene and then you're hearing the dialogue (laughs) and you're also watching it being delivered in Mm -hmm. a lack of a better term and you're like okay this I'm not saying it's camp because I know that's a joke now but I'm saying it's like it reminded me it reminded me or the elements it contains reminded me of the best of the best of the worst and best of eighties and nineties horror. Yeah. yeah. It's right. Very that. Where, where ignoring dialogue aside, I think it's more like the visual presence of the movie. That's really arresting. Mm-hmm. For example, I was really fucking enamored. Like it won me over in many aspects, but it was that one. Sh- it was that scene that you just mentioned with the camera panning around when she's running around the house, mm-hmm. trying to lock the doors. I was like, hey, gorgeous, love this. But when the sister drives to what I'm going to say was like a mental hospital, I guess. (laughs) And she, it goes from literally night to day. It was giving me X-Men 3, The Last Stand tease. (laughs) (laughs) And then when she parks on the edge of a cliff, I fucking barked in the theater. And also my favorite fucking thing was like just hearing the, we, the six of us just like at different times say different things. Yeah. It was like the weirdest experience because there was probably like nine other people in the theater. And I kept thinking like, are they reacting to it the same way that we're reacting to it? Because like, if, if you get it, you get it. If you don't, you don't. If you know, you know. 
but the, like so many moments I would just like look at like what I was watching and just think this is this is a movie where the main character gets her head bashed against the wall and then repeatedly over the next few days feels that it's still gushing a lot of blood and not once does she think I should probably go to a doctor to check this out I was yelling and I was like so she's lost an insurmountable that's not the right word a lot of blood by this point yeah has done not a thing Mm -hmm. and I just I was at times I would turn around and I, cause you and I are kind of the same. I would watch you watch it. And I just mm-hmm. saw your face being like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it reminded me also of very early 2000s to 2010, like horror movies Yeah, in the sense that like, there was a lot of bad stuff, but when you're in the theater with people watching bad stuff, mm-hmm. when it's bad, without being bad on purpose and the audience is reacting the wrong way it's a little tough to watch yeah and by the end the four other people in the theater were screaming along with us Mm -hmm. but I was kind of like fuck to have seen this with like a full theater would have been the craziest experience but also like like you're saying are were people watching it under the guise like we were watching it being like no this is so bad it's good at some point yeah and I think that's going to be like the hard part for this movie because I think a lot of people probably went into it expecting one of those more serious conjuring or like one of those horror movies and so when they got this kind of camp masterpiece where everything was just the most stupid weird thing imaginable I don't know if they are ready for it like maybe we were ready for it or another person would be ready for it like I had judged it based on the people that we know who were responding to it and how they were responding to it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going into this thinking it's going to be purposely terrible without mm-hmm. having been spoiled. And again, if you're listening to this, I mean, you've probably watched it hopefully, but like yeah. the best way to describe it to people is literally like, do not read anything about it. Do not even look at the poster just mm-hmm. or download it, go watch it, whatever. But there is a point in which the movie turns and it's continuing to be bad, but you're so, I think it's so convincingly sure of itself yeah. that you have to admire its gutso and being like, okay, this is really fucking stupid and crazy, but wow, it's going all the way for it. And it's so much better for it. Yeah. Oh my God. I just keep thinking of the, I honestly, like until you texted me today, I kept forgetting the name of the actual protagonist because she's given like two names in the movie, right? It's Madison, but also Emily. Yeah. But how she keeps hammering home throughout the movie that I've always wanted a blood connection. And like one of the very final lines is she says to her adopted sister, or I guess she's the adopted one, but she's like, I always want a blood connection. And I just know that you're my sister and we're sisters for life. And it's just like the most cliche monologue. This is right after her, um, I mean, this is the twist, her evil conjoined parasitic twin has gone full mortal combat and killed like an endless amount of people at the cop station. And now we end on this lovely monologue about how a blood connection isn't so much as important as a sisterly connection. I... <laughs> I the so like as we're talking about this only really the scene that sticks out the most to me is that cop station scene Mm -hmm. where we left and I remember our friend Adam being like you know you complained about the candy man's body count but here it was like 500 people died she it killed every any extra that was on set (laughs) they threw into that screen and Mm -hmm. she killed them and it all the started twin. It all started within the world's largest jail cell, prison cell that she's brought into. And it's like an homage to the beginning of Lady Gaga's telephone, where she's brought into the prison yard and everyone's looking at her. And I just I knew I was like, this is about to give us some iconography. And it did. It I, but I feel like. I need to watch it again, which is the true test of like how you and I probably feel about it. But it's like, I just, I don't know. I think I, I don't want to speak 
so highly of it because it's it's so good but it's really not great but it's really mm-hmm. awesome and it's yeah. the best but like it immediately started giving us moments like yeah. in dialogue when the mother falls what can <laughs> only be described as from the touch of the earth down to the floor and is still not okay like she's hospitalized but like yeah. they're all like oh my god she are you okay like yeah. she fell so far <laughs> She fell and she fell hard. Bitch, she fell. Yeah. <laughs> oh think- my, it's just like, oh, by the way, did you uh, notice that one of the women in the um, jail cell was Zoe Bell from Death Proof? No. Like stunt girl, uh, New Zealand. No, I know who you're talking yeah, about, but I didn't She was know one this. of the main two people beating the shit out of her. Was she- oh, she was not the like hick. I think she was the hick she had like a mullet or whatever oh that one yeah. i lived for yeah. her oh my god lived yeah that's another reason a reason reason that's another reason why i know that the movie was meant for me because i was like oh a little easter egg a little zoe bell i just i don't remember the last time i saw a movie that made me feel the way this movie made me feel yeah it makes you question what makes a good horror movie, but also what makes a good movie. Because as we keep hammering home, while this movie is technically well done, it's not good. It's not good, but, but it's, it's great. Right? <laughs> yeah. And the cast is a list of people who I've never really seen before in my life, but they all remind you of someone else, as we were talking about. Like the sister, probably the best budget Florence Pugh I've come across in my time. We've got Casey Musgraves, Kyle Richards, Laura Benanti playing the lead. <laughs> I just like, I, 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 what I took away from it is that I believe as someone who see, has seen a majority of James Wan's horror films, mm-hmm. he never does anything without intention. So Insidious was bringing back like the ghost story, right? Mm -hmm. And The Conjuring was bringing back the exorcist light. Yeah. Let's say more so like like the Amityville haunted house. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of like, is it in the vein of like Evil Dead, the original Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2, which is way more tongue in cheek, way more comedic. Yeah. It's not even satirical. It's just fucking like guts out dumb horror comedy like because i was never laughing i was both i just literally contradicted myself in the same sentence i was laughing unintentionally but genuinely when i was laughing i was like oh i'm having fun and laughing at it and with it Mm -hmm. like when she stands up in the in the cop station and just starts going after one after the other and the kills are all great kills yeah (laughs) says It's a lot. It's a lot to take in. And it's funny because I look at a movie like The Conjuring, which I do really like, but I remember specifically thinking the final third was where it kind of lost me a little bit because it went very big and over the top with the whole exorcism thing. Mm. Whereas a movie like Malignant, when it goes like full tilt mayhem in the final third, like that, it worked spectacularly because the rest of the movie kind of holds that up well i think what happens is that it's the the bleeding from the head for seven days and not doing anything about it it's the sister driving and parking at the end of the cliff it's Mm -hmm. her finding the first file in the first box that she looks at while she's looking for the whatever it is it's the mom is it the mom it's that old lady the adoptive mother in the in the wheelchair yeah, with yeah. the videotapes and like her kind of responses being comedic. Yeah. The movie is always setting you up for the final act, which yeah. is so grandiose and so crazy. But it's the way, like when you're sitting in a movie and this movie particularly reveals to you that the twist of the movie that you are watching is that obviously this joke has been made already, but to quote Andrea Martin from My Big Fat Greek Wedding, Her whole life, her twin has been inside her head. Mm -hmm. 
And she then pulls her face forward. Skull open. Full face reveal. It's a two-in-one runway. (laughs) You can't look at that and not say, wow. Yeah. You have to respect it. You have to respect it for being like, as we talked about earlier, like the beats and like the cliches and the tropes are there and they're very unoriginal, but the way that the story unfolds and the specificities of it is just like the, the most original almost. It's a weird dance. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's all the story building stuff that is like, cliched horror mm. stuff I guess but then it's it's just lifts the veil or lifts the skin some yeah. would say it on itself and, and it just it goes crazy and I think the James Wan of it all really helps it like the really obnoxious score yeah the five minute long opening credits oh yeah the, yeah the atmosphere that is built throughout I think um I don't know. I just, I'm, I don't want to speak out of my ass, but I really think it's a modern day classic. Yeah. And I really believe in like 10 years, not even, I think in five oh, years. Yeah. I think I know it's, exactly where you're going with this. In five years, we're going to look at this movie and be like, wow, this really is, maybe I'm dumb and maybe I'm wrong, but like this, I mean, the reviews now are like I was on letterbox and I was just looking at the people that I follow who reviewed it. And mostly it's like three to four to five stars, even yeah. of people being like, no malignant is the moment mama. Yeah. We're like, going to be in a theater in a few years watching like a midnight screening of this with like an oh, audience yeah. that fully loves it in the way that we loved it. A hundred percent. And I'm, I'm still sitting here rocking my brain. And I listen, we've talked about this before. We do have our horror blind spots, but I'm trying to think of the last time there was a horror movie that I was like, oh, okay. This is like, I remember seeing The Conjuring for the first time and I was mm-hmm. like, this is a moment. This is really going to, this is going to be huge. Yeah. I remember seeing Insidious. I'm just like re- listing James Wan movies I've already listed already. But like, I just, I don't remember something in recent times that's like, wow, this is really fucking stupid, but it's going to leave a mark. Mm, I know. Like, I remember last year, we both loved Host so much, but it was very, like, it's very a different, that's a whole other thing that you can compare it to, because that wasn't so much stupid as it was, like, oh, this has my attention, and they did a great job with it. No, that was very self-serious and very good, and you knew it was going to be good, but it was never comedic, I guess. I didn't find it very funny. I didn't But it wasn't supposed... I didn't laugh, but I, it wasn't supposed to be. I no. think it's hard with Malignant because I genuinely believe all the comedy, like 80% of it is intentional and mm-hmm. the 20% that's not makes it even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Like I you, I have to believe that James Wan knew that scene of her parking at the edge of the cliff is purposely comedic. I have to, because if, and if all, that's not it, the case... That's a very the, disturbing reality but like, that I don't want to live in. <laughs> but like I said, it sets you up for that insane ending that's like, mm-hmm. well, this is dumb. Yeah. But fuck, it's really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. And she just lifts a full hospital bed off of her sister in the end because of the power of love. And if Gabriel can do it, so can I. That line delivery was yeah. everything to me. This is a superhero origin story that we're watching. And who knows if there are more malignants down the pipe to come. But can you just imagine like her just cracking open that skull and fighting some big bad? Ready to go. Yeah. Well, it does set itself up for a sequel a little little bit at the end. Because I think she basically was like, now I have to learn to live. Exactly. So that's fine. And I'm, I mean, the thing with this is like the sequel would have to be twice as crazy yeah and i'm i listen i'm all in (laughs) like teddy mellencamp i am all in but yeah we really hit the ceiling with this one (laughs) i don't know where you can go after this that's the thing i'm not asking for a sequel 
but I'm I'm asking for more movies to be as fearless about being weird as Malignant yeah. was. Like in the time of right now, where maybe you could argue, of course, I do not feel this way. That there is just maybe so much stuff that not a lot of stuff is hitting you mm-hmm. the way it's it should and sticking with you properly. It was nice to see something that like we all left and we were talking yeah. about in the group chat, like just fucking joking about it. You and I have been texting about it probably yeah. for every hour <laughs> of the day for three days. And it's like, yeah. no, this is the point of this, right? Is that it's it's really effective in every aspect, good or bad, that it's, it has stuck with you so much. Yeah, that's the damn yeah. truth. I also appreciate James just kind of it's it's still in the vein of insidious it's still in the vein of the conjuring of it all yeah but it's so like a small little branch from that world that Mm -hmm. is so strong and it's like so different yeah it gives us like the same level of like iconic characters like now we have gabriel up there with you know annabelle and all that but it's just in such a different manner and a different twist on the usual <laughs> I'm just, the my old my this is my review. I'm so happy I saw it. Yeah. Like it made me happy. I can't wait to watch it again. Maybe after having a little treat. Smacked out of my mind. And just bring it all in in a whole cosmic way because I'm ready. And I think. It'll be, it'll hold up even better on second viewing than I think it did on the first. Me too, because now I'm going to be anticipating the stuff that I found to be hilarious. And even the stuff I found to be genuinely not unnerving, because I didn't really find it scary at all, but I found it like, and that's a compliment. I didn't really need the jump scares. I needed what it gave me, which was like audacious, like twists and turns and also like just a great world building and atmosphere building but I think yes I'm excited to watch it a second time I also just I know you so well that I know a movie really like this specifically has to grab you in the third mm-hmm. act because if it goes too big and it misses you're kind of like well that was a shame and if it didn't go too big mm-hmm. you're like well why not risk it all and this yeah. one risks it all it put it all on the table and Sashin liked it too. If Sashin can sit there and not be scared and enjoy it, like I think he enjoyed it. I was sitting next no, to him. No, absolutely he did. But I think it's like, that's what makes it so successful. That yeah. I, That's why I was saying to him, I was like, you know, it's, I know it's not scary. It's li- literally, if you don't like horror, you can still find joy in this because it's kind of like a, <laughs> it's not a ghost, it's not a ghost story. It's yeah. like a, it's its own, like, Daniel and Malignant. It is its own thing. Yeah. It's creating its own genre. Like it's a little like Chucky-esque, I guess, because it's so like to sit there and watch a child's doll kill people takes a little bit of a suspension. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where this maybe even Freddy in a sense, but Freddy is like kind of serious. Yeah. Um, anyway. But yeah, You've been walking around your apartment backwards all week, just trying to think like, how could <laughs> I'm what made me most excited is that I'm going to get Josh gets it bits from this for <laughs> like the rest of our friendship where it's going to be you just at like a club one night being like, oh, yeah. oh. I'm turning, <laughs> <laughs> grabbing my head. It's happening. It's going to happen. Um, well, that was our thoughts on malignant. And uh, again, if you, have seen it please let us know what you're thinking because yeah. i would love to discuss it with anybody mm-hmm. um i mean i've been discussing it with everybody but more people the more the merrier um mm-hmm. what do you want to talk about now do we do housewives do oh, we I mean, it's not so much anything that i've been watching but something that i will be watching and maybe you'll be watching it starts this week it's the return of oh. survivor that's right i'm so excited miss mamas okay let hold on we need to put a period there because i need to talk about something else sorry you just reminded me because sometimes this podcast should literally be just like clips that we've seen because that's what we do when we hang out but like 
I want to say something right here. <laughs> Kiki Palmer is the most talented person I know, and I don't know her. But I am proud to say, and I'm going to speak for our beloved Chris Hanna as well, because we, we have been on this for uh, years mm-hmm. now. And it all started for me with the Wendy Williams interview with her, which you've never seen Kiki Palmer, Wendy Williams. It is 12 minutes of your life that is worth every second. The clips that came out of Kiki hosting the Met Gala red carpet were the greatest things I've ever seen. (laughs) And as all my friends make fun of me for, they became my personality for seven days, a full week as always. I said it to everybody doing everything. But I want to say this because I know this is where you come from too. Yes, she's funny. Yes, she gave us memes and all that kind of stuff. But I think you, who works in that realm, mm-hmm. you appreciate a professional person. Yeah. And the way she handled those fucking interviews. Like the producer who was like working with her that day probably was like, I'm fine. Like, I do not have to stress about one thing because you point the camera at Kiki and let her do her thing. And not one moment of dead air. As she said, she's like Ron Burgundy. She just needs a camera and a mic and she mm-hmm. is ready to. She is Gail Weathers running through that forest. Like she's good. That's the Gail Weathers reboot. Start the camera. <laughs> There's your tweet. But but, she's so magnetic. She's like, she's funny. She's charismatic. She's everything. Sharon Stone. To, to sing Sharon Stone's name. And then follow that up with saying, you know, people don't know. We've been go- we go way back is just like, it is a charisma that I have. I used to watch red carpets all the time. Mm-hmm. Like Joan and Melissa kind of did their thing, which I appreciated. Kathy Griffin had a moment there that I thought was like very different from Joan and Melissa, but I really appreciated. it. Yeah. But then it, we got into the E of it all for so long where yeah. it was Juliana and company and again, I know you'll understand this, but it's like, not only had they never watched or listened to anything that the people were promoting, mm-hmm. but they, there was no, there was never personality. Yeah. And finally with Kiki, I was like, not that I want her to become a red carpet host permanently, but I no. was like, oh, like, this is what this needs to be. Someone who yeah. pays attention like that Timothy Chalamet clip that went viral everybody was making it out to be like her shutting him down for him trying to hit on her. But the producer's eye for both of us was basically like her being like, no, I have a minute and a half with you. I need to get the question Mm -hmm. I need out of you. And then we can Kiki with Kiki when you want to Kiki. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Also, you can tell that the people that she's talking to are like comfortable in talking to her because she does such a good job of like, like, Half the interviews, like Frank Ocean stopped the interview 30 seconds in to be like, I love you so much. I just want to let you know, like so many, and Sierra, like so many people were so complimentary to Miss Mamas, like Mm -hmm. as the the children, as she said. (laughs) How old is Kiki Palmer though? I want to say 27, 28, because she both looks 21, Yeah, but has an energy that's like, she's 45. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I love it. Love. Speaking of loving, you love Survivor. I cut you off. I'm so sorry. We need Kiki Palmer to host Survivor. I'm sorry, Jeff Post. (laughs) Your day is done. We're bringing in Kiki. But no, I am very excited. It's the return of Survivor season 41. They're back in Fiji, of course, as they always are these days. And the one thing I will say, I am very excited, but I am very... um, unhappy with the fact that it's only like 27 days now or 29 days it's not the 39 Mm -hmm. days that they would normally be out there for because i really loved the chiron at the bottom that's like day 39 and you sit there and you're like holy fuck these people have been there not that 27 to 39 is quite different but like Mm -hmm. unfortunately it is very much a mental test to these people to be out there for that long yeah it's part of the whole experience sorry is it the COVID of it all that they shortened it I think so I want to say yes and apparently they also like they're not doing a live reunion because Jeff said that they announced the winner on location which is Mm. the first time that they've done that since the first season yeah 
well, they probably were doing it out of like, we don't know if we can have an audience. We don't want to do it on Zoom. Let's do it here, which I actually appreciate. Yeah, I can respect that. And I'm like, okay, well, hopefully it doesn't come out. Like, I guess if they filmed a while ago, the spoilers would be out there, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything. What are your hopes and dreams for this season? I am hoping for number one, good casting. Because even the stupidest of Survivor themes and twists can be overcome by a strong cast. Because if you've got the material, if the people are doing their jobs of giving entertainment and giving like people to root for and root against, then you're golden. I don't need like a season of all likable people. I want a season of hot messes. I want a season of the social experiment of, you know, disagreements and camp life and all that. I don't need a season of hidden immunity idols and advantages and edge of exile or whatever it is. So I would really love, I hate to say a return to basics because everyone says that, but I just want a, a strong season that can hold up without resting on twists. No, I agree. But I also think there's the, the split, I guess, fan now where it's the CBS viewer Mm -hmm. who loves who's the guy who won winners at war Tony Tony that kind of player and that kind of execution which you have to respect it it was a great game at the end of the day I guess Mm -hmm. but there is the OG fans like you and other people where it's like no we watch this because of the dynamic and the the relationships that happen between people and all that kind of stuff without it being, as you say, too gamey. Yeah. I don't want too gamey. I want a good game, not a game game. Um, I'm very excited and also gives us something else to watch and talk about, which will be fun. Hello. Um, Period. I, okay. I hate talking about this, but I'll just talk about it a little bit. Yeah. I don't watch The Voice because oh, yeah. I I am uh, like just a like a really normal person. Yes, yeah. And I'm I'm not a mother or a father, mm-hmm. but I am a survivor. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And if you know me, you know I'm a I'm a celebrity. So mm-hmm. you would think I would watch, but I don't. Um. I just, you know, singing competition shows are not what they once were. And I don't really care to see people like genuinely sing, <laughs> you know, I no. watch that in other aspects, mm-hmm. but I did watch some clips from the premiere. And what I will say is that Ariana is a fun judge. She looks really, really cute. But more than anything to me is the growing friendship between Ariana and Kelly. That's sweet. And it means a lot to me, more so because Ariana's 200 million Instagram followers yeah. are slowly making their way to Kelly's page. And that also You're makes me Being introduced to this woman. Well, I was trying to describe this the other night when we were hanging out where I was like, yes, they're coworkers, but you don't have to like be that enthusiastic about the person you, co- you work with. But yeah. Ariana being Ariana keeps posting Kelly to her story. And I was like, okay, you're standing. I'm standing. You stand. That's all I really need. Exactly. Um, so that's my note on my celebrity edition of this podcast. <laughs> I truly thought that the show had already premiered like a month ago. And I was just fully, because The Voice is a show that you could tell me it could be on the air right now or completely canceled. And I would, I have no idea, no clue. The Voice is more of an energy all around you that you don't know if it's yeah. on, off, there, the not ominous there. ominous presence. It's, it's, it follows. It's it it's it it is it follows. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to do housewives? Is there anything? What happened? Okay, so my official oh. opinion on Beverly Hills oh. is I feel like we've peaked. Yes, I, think I agree. We peaked with the dinner party, and now these last couple of episodes are just a plateau. I don't expect. Which, yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with that because you texted me and we were kind of doing some investigative work about the mid-season trailer that featured 30 seconds of footage that mm-hmm. just looked like a completely different show. Mm-hmm. But I want that. I kind of want just a little camaraderie. I want to see Garcelle in that yellow jacket on the ship. 
I want to see Kathy with the seals. Like I'm into that, whatever stupid little trip they're going on. I want that. Yeah. But I also do appreciate the editors being like, we have so much from this season to really work with that we can make this like, I think it's going to be like 19 episodes, I guess. Because there's reunion. two more episodes until the reunion. So this next one, they're going to be in San Diego for the weekend. And then the finale is yeah. Crystal's party. Yes. Um, but I agree with you. I was like, we don't have much of anything here, but I'm still like all time great season. Loved yeah. it. But I am happy to kind of like, unclench a little bit and let let everything breathe i'm clenching until i see the trailer for the reunion personally i need to know that if yeah i need to know that we're ending on a bang or at least something what we've heard is that i think andy who you can kind of trust but not kind of trust when it comes Mm. to this kind of stuff is you get what you want you're get the fans are getting what they want from the reunion, which I think is as good of a disclaimer as you can give. Yeah, there was that one rumor that things got physical, and I was like, whoever started this dumb rumor, as if any of these women are going to get up and have a fist fight. I wish Kyle Richards just goes toe to toe with someone. Would she takes out Eileen? Eileen shows up. Bam. <laughs> Brawl. She took all her training from <laughs> Halloween kills and now she's channeling it for real life. These Halloween kills trailers, while I live seeing Kyle, I need to see less of the movie than I've seen. And I'm going to say the something. Full thing I have to be honest. Time. I have to be honest. We have to be honest. I have to be honest. It's my last night here. I have my QVC day tomorrow. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it. Yeah. I'm so excited think, for it still, but still, it's, it's a lot. I'm excited too. And I've discussed with you many a time here and elsewhere that I do love the reboot, whichever one it is. I don't think they have anything for the second movie. I think if you're releasing three fucking trailers that are that long and include that much plot, you got nothing. You got nothing. But you got me in the theater. No, mama, I'm seeing it, but we're seeing it. But it's like, I would have really enjoyed seeing Kyle in like a surprise setting. What I saw from her in that second or first trailer was more than enough for me. Yeah, exactly. Just a fleeting glimpse. But um, no, I think Salt Lake City premiered. It's two episodes. Oh my now. God, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I'm enjoying that. You are not as enthusiastic about, about it as other people, which I appreciate because it does kind of balance me out a little bit. Oh, you're I sober do think- and temper some you know reactions i think i never really agree with this because i do like seeing solo scenes and i do like like two or four people together i don't always need a group scene because it not all the players play sometimes but i am feeling it so far i need like if we're going into episode three and we're still not all together i need someone to put them all in mary's house and just lock the door there's your berkshires let's go yeah those emerald green carpets just they belong in dorinda's that decor i had a treat when we were watching sunday's episode this Uh episode two i kept turning to sasha and i was like is this a cartoon is this show a cartoon because between mary's insane chairs Mm -hmm. Um, the new girl's insane chairs. I forgot her name. Jenny. Yeah. And Heather and Jen talking to each other in what could only be described as like a Scooby-Doo villain's house. Ice fortress. <laughs> I was literally like this show of all the franchises, because they all operate differently. SLC is a cartoon. Like yeah. that is, it is operating like a Hanna-Barbera. Yep. Cartoon. Yeah. And I think Barbera. that's maybe why I both love it and am like weirded out by it at yeah. the same time. I'm like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to digest this right now. I just finally saw through my third eye when I was high that I was like, oh, this is the cartoon franchise. Like this is like Jen is a Scooby-Doo villain. You cannot tell me otherwise. Her yeah. in that ice castle with <laughs> all the leopard and the giant glasses. Also, I'm going to say something. Say it. Jen is an awful person. I understand that. But, and I think Erica is also not great, but is also kind of having an iconic season because it's such an insane performance she's giving us. I think Jen is 
I think Jen's kind of iconic. I'm sorry. Me too. And you know what? Sorry. I'm going to say something controversial. Sad. I'm kind of on team Jen when it comes to this Meredith and Jen business. I am. I am. So is Tom. Listen, like, no disrespect to Brooks Marks, but like, A, I've had enough of him on my screen. So if I'm going to, if I'm going to see Jen Shaw calling him a twink on social media. Sure. Jen, one point for you. I just think I completely agree with where Meredith is, Meredith, Meredith is coming Meredith. from, but yes. I think it's, it, we're, uh, we're, I don't know. I, I see both sides, but also the yeah. fight is so stupid that I don't even care. Yeah. Realistically, I uh, agree with you. Like I fully see yeah. Meredith's point and I'm like, you know what? Like I would also be a little bit pissed as well, but if that was my son, I would ride for him too. And I'd be like, don't, don't even talk yeah. anything about him but Meredith also also doesn't really have a sense of humor at all and Jen is so insane that I wouldn't have a sense of humor around her either so it's yeah. a losing game here yeah. Whitney Rose oh. listen I think we are both two little wild rose bushes <laughs> I think people are really falling into uh a realm of loving Whitney, which yeah. I was kind of flirting with during the first season. I think I texted saying that like Whitney is a great B tier housewife where she's never going to be the main character, but you know, she's having a good time over on the sidelines, just doing her own thing. And I think that that is what makes her almost a tier for me now, because she just seems cool or not cool, but she seems a uh, goofy and fun and cheeky. You know what did it for me was actually her interview with Trixie on Trixie's yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah. And if you haven't seen that, I actually genuinely recommend it because Whitney just talks like a fully normal normal person. And she does on the show too, but the edit we're given is kind of like comical, which I appreciate because her dropping that cake, mama, that was yeah, that's that's peak comedy. It you is can't teach that in school. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you where I'm like, oh, like. It's a little Kristen Takeman esque, but like with <laughs> at operating at a higher power. Yeah, without the Elvis obsession. <laughs> when you're giving um, us like fake sex miming in your confessionals, I was like, good for her. Yeah, good for you. Have this, have your moment, and I'll give it also, to you. Also, is that the first time anybody's ever actively like performed in their confessional in that way? I think so, like without relying on a prop or running off screen to get like a dog or something. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. She's a trailblazer. She's a wild rose. We're all wild roses at the end of the day, if you think about it. That's exactly it. Honey. Honey. My chicken's in the oven. (laughs) Oh, you're having chicken. Oh my God. Got to make sure it doesn't burn. Well, I put it in an hour ago and the recipe calls for one hour. So we shall see. May she rest. May she rest, cluck, cluck, bitch. May she cook and then may um, she rest. I bid you adieu. I bid you adieu. Thank you for a lovely podcast session. Thank and thank you, you for know. listening, all of you out there. Thanks, guys. Now go forth and have yourself a lovely evening, Jordan. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.